For the love of Salt Lake Radio News, this is the untold story of what shaped radio news in the Salt Lake Valley over the past three decades. Our host and guide through the years is Maria Chileos on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. We've just heard how JCOR Communications' efforts to run a full-service news and talk station in 2000 ended when that station, K-News, was purchased by Clear Channel. A handful of reporters and three talk show hosts, including Tim Hughes, found themselves out of work. As it had become well-known for doing across the country, Clear Channel continued its practice of eliminating local jobs through syndicated programming and by having talent in one market voice track shows in several markets. It never made sense to me why, when all of these stations used to operate independently, they had their own building, they had their own rent, their own heat, lights, electricity, you know, everything they had to pay for and were fully staffed and made money. How then can you bring four or five stations or maybe six into one building where you pay one set of light bills, chop off the heads of a bunch of people because you're now combining efforts promotionally and in some cases programming-wise and in sales and not make money? It never, it still to this day doesn't make sense to me. But it's not, it's not a matter of not making money. It's not making enough money that got to be the problem. In 2014, Clear Channel changed its name to iHeartMedia. Its six stations in the Salt Lake market all play mostly syndicated programming in a variety of different formats. First of all, if you haven't heard this yet, I love this. Rod Arquette on Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. The only significant local content is on KNRS, where program director Rod Arquette does an afternoon talk show and has two employees that deliver newscasts throughout the day. And I think over time... They've kind of, you know, ownership says, well, if we don't have to do it, then why are we doing it? So they've kind of eliminated their newsrooms or have taken them to a level that's very difficult other than to be ripping readers, as we call them. So I think that's, I think that has hurt the industry. Um, you know, owners shouldn't be required to do anything. Owners are free to do whatever they can. But I think sometimes the money, they look at the money and are trying to squeeze every drop out of a penny as they possibly can. By loosening licensing rules and extending the license renewal to eight years, the Telecommunications Act of 1996 allowed owners to do whatever they wanted without having to fulfill their First Amendment reason for protection. They no longer had to provide a detailed report showing the news and information they provided. The founders of the Constitution granted that protection to ensure a healthy democratic process and to protect citizens from government abuse. The act also lifted ownership limits for radio stations, leading to massive consolidation of radio station ownership and decreased competition. And they go, well, news, do we really need it? Is it really us? Now we can live without news. And that's, I think it's really hurt the news market because there used to be much more competition. Competition always makes for a better product. Large national corporations were not the only ones taking advantage of changes in federal ownership rules. For example, in 2003, Bonneville International, which operated KSL, purchased 15 stations in the Intermountain area, including three FM stations in Salt Lake. One of those stations was used two years later to simulcast KSL AM, eliminating the announcers on Star 102.7 FM. KSL was, at that point, all, you know, all news and doing pretty well with what it was doing. But the management decided that uh, 
the younger people were kind of shying away from AM and going to FM, and we kind of needed to be there. So they made the decision to do away with the music format on there and just run a simulcast of KSL on 102.7. What was once an industry of family-owned businesses that felt it was important to provide solid news to their listeners had slowly become an industry of owners with no community ties who focused on profit and the bottom line. One of the rare exceptions is the Hilton family, which still owns KSOP, AM, and FM. In one of his news stories, Deseret News reporter Lynn Arvey quoted founder Henry Hilton, who said he operated with the philosophy that community involvement and the promotion of charitable causes was a cornerstone of their business. Well, it just seemed like Henry was committed to not just making money, but being a community resource. And I think he just thought, if we're going to do radio, we've got to do a little news no matter what it cost us. They actually bucked the trend, and they had offers. Believe me, they had offers. And uh, they had offers from competitors who put other country stations on the air and really just wanted to buy KSOP to take another country station out of the market uh, to move their country station ahead, and they were offered boatloads of money and every time turned it down to keep it within the family and do what they, their dad actually started. The number of radio stations with reporters still on the streets gathering local news on a daily basis now stands at two. That's a dramatic contrast from the number of reporters that were hustling to get a scoop and get it on the air first when President Reagan took office. Thank you, Mr. Reagan. Thank you for your deregulation. You help this section over here, but this one over here has to suffer. I'm not saying it's the sole purpose or the sole reason, but it certainly is a major player. Former Call News Director Fred Scott has watched for decades as changes in federal ownership rules completely dismantled what George Hatch built at Call Radio and the Intermountain Radio Network. Local ownership that is invested in the community is what sets apart the two remaining stations with a strong news presence in the Salt Lake market. The University of Utah holds the license for public radio station KUER. While KUER does local newscasts during drive times and some daily reporting, its emphasis is on in-depth coverage of local issues. The story of the Bear River Massacre isn't well known outside of Utah and Idaho. For many years, the complete story was only told by the descendants of the few who survived the attack on a Shoshone camp in 1863. KUER's Dan Bomas went to the site. Dan Bomas was the Morning Edition news anchor and reporter from 2002 to 2014. He says the station prides itself on long-form storytelling. I did a story in 2013 about the 150th anniversary of the Bear River Massacre. A drum circle and a color guard opened the ceremony near the spot where the U.S. Army attacked a Shoshone encampment next to the Bear River. It was a battle for about 15 minutes until the Indians ran out of ammunition. And then it was a slaughter. And uh, it, it gets suppressed in Utah history. People don't know about this. But it was horrible. One of their descendants... Read those names out loud from the temple records at that ceremony. Those names had not been spoken for 150 years. KSL remains the market leader in breaking news and coverage of daily events. 
This is Utah's Morning News with Grant and Amanda on KSL. KSL is so ingrained in the Utah community as the source people go to for information. And whether it's, you know, Quarters for Christmas or whether it's Honor Flight or whatever it is, that it's really tied into the community and the mission statement that's here. And I think that the people who work here, I think, reflect that kind of a mission statement. Grant Nielsen was the host of Utah's Morning News with Amanda Dixon for more than two decades. Through all of those years, even though we've had maybe different slogans on the air or we've had different phrases that we've said, it's, it's always been we are serving the community, giving the community news and information and trying to relate to the community's needs as best we can. The relationship we have with our listeners is, it's really something. They'll write to me, I, I get letters from a woman who has cancer. Because sometimes she says that when she wakes up in the morning, she's in so much pain that the sound of my voice is soothing to her. And I just feel grateful that I'm able to provide even this small service to this woman who's suffering. That is more than just traffic and weather together every 10 minutes on the nights. There's more of a humanity connection there. I think our job is more than pure information. And that's why radio will always have a connection that is more than just content. There is also evidence that listeners find value in live local radio programming that affects their daily lives and is delivered to them by local journalists and personalities who share their same concerns. The National Association of Broadcasters echoed that sentiment at its annual convention in 2013, saying radio's brand should be live and local. An Edison research study also found that radio fans not only want companionship, they also want to know of any major news developments that took place during the day. You know, you think about delivering the news, it's not just me talking on a microphone anymore or me on a camera anymore. It's, you know, Facebook and Twitter and and Instagram and, and you know, LinkedIn. And, and then know. what about that camera that's in the studio all the time when you have chatters well, watching you? That's right. We have a computer in there and, and the cameras, so we're always, we're always on. And people will, uh, will interact with us while we're on the air. So, you know, it's interesting. The news content, the news content is still as valuable to the people. And they still want to know, you know, what the weather's going to be like. And they still want to know when they wake up in the morning that the world's still together. But the way they are getting the news is, is much different now. Coming up on For the Love of Salt Lake Radio News, hear how radio news is a necessity in times of emergency. 